Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to episode 18 of Luke 21 Radio. And today we're continuing our look at Christian prophecy and I'm not talking about the prophecy recorded in Scripture. I'm talking about the charismatic gift of prophecy that St. Paul discusses in 1 Thessalonians 5, where he says, Do not quench the Spirit or put out the Spirit's fire. Do not despise prophesying, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. It seems St. Paul was critically aware that the church would need what I would call an on-course correction. We, we, we have a tendency to go astray. We're like sheep, and at times we don't listen to our shepherd's direction, and we kind of veer off in the wrong direction. Before we know it, we find ourselves in a critical situation. Prophecy is designed to keep us on track. In our last episode, episode 17, I gave you some of the insights, incredible insights from Cardinal Ratzinger on Christian prophecy, and it was written simply just before he was elected pope. And in there, he said that the role of the prophet isn't as much to predict the future or be a soothsayer, but to come close to God, to be a friend of God. And from that close relationship with God, hearing the truth of God, speaking the truth of God, even though the wider church may have grown somewhat deaf or hard of hearing of an aspect of truth. And the prophecy is something that will bring that word back to the present moment that God wishes the church to hear. Now, I promised last time I would tell you what a prophet will say. And, uh, I'm laughing nervously because it's not what a lot of people want. People want a fortune teller just to entertain. That's not a prophet's role. I came across a comment of a former professor of mine, evangelical professor, but I don't think you'll mind my reading this because I think when I read it, you'll find out that it's absolutely true. His name was Dr. Gordon Fee, and he was writing a comment on the seven churches in the book of Revelation. And he says, the problem of the seven churches can be boiled down to one word, assimilation. And the reason you needed the entire book of Revelation, as well as the seven letters that are within the book of Revelation, is the problem and the danger stemming from assimilation. He says, very much the same way one can boil a frog by placing it in cold water and then turning on the heat, so the church, which of necessity must be in the world, at the same time is constantly and quite often unwittingly in danger of becoming like the world in which it is situated. This is especially true of Western Christendom, and especially so in times of plenty. The upshot of such assimilation is that the church has rather totally lost its prophetic voice, calling out God's judgments on the world to which it has so easily accommodated itself. At this point, 
we must again prophesy to the world, not simply to change the world, but to keep it from changing us. We need the prophetic voice. We need it to awaken us because we usually don't notice when we are slowly growing lukewarm or spiritually cold. And so, how would the prophetic voice come to us today? Well, you can be sure that a prophetic voice is so necessary to keep the church aligned with her Savior, Jesus Christ, you can be sure that there will be counterfeits trying to steer the church in the wrong direction, or as St. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, don't quench the spirit, don't despise prophesying. Why? Well, you get a false prophet, and everybody goes, well, prophecy is bad because there's false prophecies. Yes, there are false prophecies, but if there's false prophecies, the converse is true that there are true prophecies. The point is to discern the true from the false. Now, this is going to be a mini course. It's not going to take very long at all. You're going to be surprised how quickly you can learn how to discern the really false prophets. You can determine a what a false prophet is going to say. Now, you're going to say, well, I know what that is. You've already talked about that, Steve. It's the phony date setting for the second coming of Christ. We all know that Jesus said you couldn't predict the dates, and yet so many people fall for a false prophet, Catholic or Protestant, who gives a date for Christ's returns. Now, that's, that's low-level false prophecy, okay? I'm talking today about high-octane false prophecy. And if you want to learn what the high-octane false prophets will say, you simply turn to a few verses in the epistle to Jude. It's one of the last books of the Bible right before Revelation. It's only one chapter, and it's only a few verses. Let me start with verse 4 of Jude. Here's the false prophets. Ungodly persons who pervert the grace of our God into licentiousness. Okay? False prophets, false theologians, false Christian teachers start with a problem within themselves. They're ungodly persons, and so they have to twist the truth into a form that fits their lifestyle. So they pervert the grace of God. God is gracious forgiving. God is merciful. But if you use God's grace and mercy to somehow justify a sexual revolution, you are a false prophet of the first degree. You are giving high-octane false prophecies. This is, the, this is the key all the way back in the Old Testament, how to get God's people to stumble and fall. And if we need true prophecies to keep us on the road with Jesus, false prophecies are guaranteed to take us off that road. And what do they do? Ungodly persons who pervert the grace of our God into licentiousness. And then he goes on in the next verse. Now I desire to remind you. These were Catholic Christians in the first century. I need to remind you Christians that though you were once for all fully informed, 
that he who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, this is the whole Exodus generation, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. You see, crossing the Red Sea was like being baptized. If you were amongst the congregation of the nation of Israel, you were saved out of Egypt. But if you turn, and that's what they did, they got idolatry and adultery, while Moses was up the Mount Sinai getting the Ten Commandments, judgment fell. And he's saying to the early Christians, this same thing is going to happen to you, and false prophets are going to come, perverting the grace, the mercy, and forgiveness of God into the sexual revolution. It's okay, folks. Don't worry about it. God is okay with whatever sexual perversion or sexual sin you want. This is how it works. Then he goes on. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities which likewise acted immorally and indulged in unnatural lust, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. It's amazing to me that there are entire Protestant denominations that are now okay with homosexuality, okay with same-sex marriage, telling people, you know, God's mercy is this white umbrella. It's accepting. There's no problem. Mercy, grace, forgiveness. And these are ungodly persons proclaiming this type of thing. And there's church leaders in the Catholic Church in various parts of the world doing this too. They're simply false prophets. And Jude is telling us, be aware that of the what happened to the Exodus generation, saved out of Egypt, crossing, baptized in the water, so to speak, of of uh, crossing the Red Sea, and they were destroyed because they turned. And Sodom and Gomorrah is an example of unnatural lust. Some church leaders are saying, you know, we really don't know if this is that bad, if it's a committed relationship. It is bad. And Jude kind of summarizes this. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own passions. What's the root of these false prophecies perverting the grace of God into licentiousness? Because themselves are ungodly persons. They're following their own passions. And notice it says they're loud mouth boasters, flattering people to gain advantage. And I mentioned last week how I feel rather deeply that Pope Benedict XVI was actually a prophet. He was a quiet person. He's not a uh, a loud person, but he speaks truth as a result of being close to God. And others will come in and turn the grace of God into a licentiousness. That's the high-octane false prophecy, and it's coming today in Protestant and Catholic circles. And it's simple as this. They pervert the grace and mercy of God into okay with fornication, cohabitation, adultery, divorce and remarriage outside of the church, you name it. That's why Cardinal Kafara, when he wrote a letter to Sister, Sister Lucia of Fatima, he actually didn't expect an answer, but got a very long letter back with her signature. And here's what she said. The final battle between the Lord and the reign of Satan will be about marriage and the family. Don't be afraid, because anyone who works for the sanctity of marriage and the family will always be fought and opposed in every way because this is the decisive issue. And she concluded, however, Our Lady has already crushed its head. 
And it's interesting that Cardinal Kafara was appointed by Pope John Paul II, the Pope of the family, to be president of the John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and the Family. He knew this is where the attack would come. The false prophets would arise, and not just the date setting. I mean, really, it takes you 60 seconds to learn how to discern a false prophet who sets dates. That's, that's easy. The high-octane stuff is perverting the grace, the mercy, and forgiveness of God into accommodation to the sexual revolution. That's the final battle. Folks, we are in the final battle. Don't listen to the false prophets. Listen to the true prophets, because (laughs) this is a tough world. What kind of reception do prophets receive? We're going to explore this in a little bit, but remember Jesus himself. Some folks begged him, in fact, to leave their neighborhood. Just, you know, go away from us. We don't want you near us. Others wanted to throw him over a cliff. Others tried to stone him. And then, do I need to remind you, they finally killed him in the most barbaric method they could conceive of? Because prophets speak truth. Uh, Itching ears, flattering people, telling them what they want to hear so that their lower passions, uh, the sexual revolution is okayed. We're now in sync with Christianity and the sexual revolution. This is the story of the 21st century. That means we are in the final battle. And we want to listen to the voice of truth. And when somebody comes at you with a false prophecy, reject it with your, all your strength and all your mind. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 18 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.